Hello, friends, and welcome to one of my favorites podcast, where I introduce you to some of my favorite people and how they have shaped my story and influenced my life. Today's guest is perhaps one of the most influential people in my life outside of my immediate family. She has been my teacher, my mentor, my second mother, my mom's bestie, and now my friend. Whenever I'm back in my hometown of Fort Thomas, Kentucky, I stay with her and we stay up late into the night talking. She is an amazing listener and advisor, always pointing me back to faith in Jesus and encouraging me along the journey. So pull up a chair and listen in as I introduce you to one of my favorites, Debbie Gruel. I am so excited to be sitting here with someone I consider not only my second mother, but also um, one of my dearest friends, Debbie Gruel. And we are sitting in her kitchen where I've spent so many hours over the year cooking, um, talking, and doing life together. So um, Debbie, thanks for being on my podcast. You are welcome. So fun to be here. Um, we always laugh when I walk in the door because you always say, I say, I know where the peanut butter is. Um, since my parents moved away many years ago, your home is home to me. When I come back to Fort Thomas, it's like uh, walking into a, a very familiar home. So our story goes back a long time. And I would love for you just to start and share a little bit about um, your story and where you grew up and kind of what brought you to Fort Thomas many, many moons ago, and then maybe our the first time you met me, and then we'll kind of journey from there. All right. Um, I grew up just 25 miles from here in Boone County, Kentucky, and um, met um, my husband, Terry Gruel, at, at Boone County High School. We married and... Um, we lived in Lexington for a year and then moved to um, Baltimore, Maryland, where um, Terry worked with the Public Health Service for a year. And then we moved to um, Hawaii, where he was a dentist at the Public Health Service there, and then decided he wanted to go to orthodontic school, so we moved to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So we moved here to Fort Thomas in 1977, and joined Highland Hills Baptist Church where your mom and dad and you were <laughs> members there. And the first time I saw you, you were peeping out behind your mommy's skirt. Your mommy was about 10 and a half months pregnant with your sister coming along. Yeah. And I met you at four years of age. Mm -hmm. And um, then I was your preschool teacher at YSL Nursery School and um, became, we became very close friends with your mom and dad and your family and spent many Sunday nights after church eating homemade ice cream or in the wintertime waffles at yeah. Barbie Park's house. So from there, um, we had a daughter who became your sort of little sister. For sure. And um, you know, you were our babysitter uh, you sat here one night and listened to the needles fall off of our Christmas tree that had dried out so, and, and listened to them fall and hit the floor. You were our babysitter. You were our daughter's favorite big sister. Mm. And um, 
then you went away to college and I got to visit you there. Yeah. And then you got married, you and Bill got married and, um, I was able to help in that wedding with you as well. Yes, including steaming my dress hours before when there was a big wrinkle down the front and you were like, where's that steamer? <laughs> I had forgotten that. Yes, yes. Um, your mom and I um, got into lots of trouble together. Yes, we're going to talk about a lot of those things. We did lots of fun things together. But just watching you, Kelly, grow up as from a four-year-old in from Wise Al Nursery School to um, going to college, to marrying Bill, to having your own kiddos and living life large. Mm -hmm. It has been so much fun to watch you grow up mm -hmm. into the um, beautiful, talented young lady that you are heading into a new decade pretty soon here <laughs> so can you even believe that you say four no. years old that's like 46 years so crazy yeah and and you've been such a part of that um and i want to say thank you um for the the ways that you've influenced me um for your friendship with my mom absolutely you know that's um you modeled friendship for me um, as I watched you and mom and the trouble you guys got into, as you like to say, um, and we'll talk about some of that. You guys both are creative geniuses, love to try new things, love music. And yeah, I, so much of, I think, who I am now was influenced by, by watching your friendship with my mom. And one of the cool things is how I was that just my, my mom's daughter and how our relationship has evolved. Uh, over the years into um, a friendship, a genuine friendship. Like I consider you not just my mom's friend, but my friend. Absolutely. And, yes. um, you know, I love, I always stay with you when I come back, um, but it's just always been fun. One of my favorite memories we chatted about earlier was you hosted, before McKinsey came along, you hosted a sleepover for my friends and I, um, and I thought that was so cool here. You didn't have kids of your own, but here you are like hosting, I think two or three of my friends at your house for this sleepover and watching the wizard of Oz. What made you want to do that? Um, like, did that just come naturally or did you think intentionally, like I'm going to pour into this, <laughs> this girl, you know, because I, all of you girls, I watched grow up at our church because mm -hmm. we had an incredible children's program and, and, a great church and and Terry was going to be gone that weekend and I you know I thought okay I don't want to be by myself I'm going to have those rowdy girls over and we're going to spend the night together you could not have been what do you think eight or ten or no more than 12 years old no probably younger than that because when we moved to Belgium I was in oh, fifth right. grade so that's I would have right. been about 10 or 11 yep. moving so probably eight or ten yep. I think we all piled up in the same bed. We probably did. <laughs> um, and you... I probably fed you a lots of sugar and things that, you know, <laughs> things your moms that... really hated me for the next day, but it was all okay. It was fun. And you know, you mentioned like the Sunday night after church at church. That really was special. I have thought about that many times that one of the ways I think our families, and it wasn't just the two of our families, it was yeah. many yeah. families in our church um, that would, would do life together. And it was many times not just going to church, but then those social times and just where our 
kids could play in the yard or do sparklers or play ball, um, have homemade ice cream or waffles or whatever it looked like. I remember donuts being in the mix too at some point. But those were really um, special times. Mackenzie has mentioned, my daughter has mentioned to me before, she said the one Sunday night event I remember is it was in the winter time and maybe we weren't gonna have school the next day, but she said, mom, after church, you told everybody with kids, take your kids home, put them in their jammies and come to our house and we're gonna have pancakes. <laughs> and, and she remembers that as yeah. well. Those were fun times. Yeah, I, I do think some of that's missing in our society a little bit today, just being intense intentional about being spontaneous and yeah. just getting together. Your mom, um, your mom has always been great at that. She is good about that. And so are you. Okay. You are, you are, yeah, you've, cause you are, you're always hosting things all the time too. You guys both have taught me so much about hosting. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple of specific things, ways that you've influenced me and that I've observed. Um, but definitely top of the list is creativity. Um, I watched both of you um, take what you had and create something. Like whether it was a centerpiece, it wasn't going out and buying a pre-made flower arrangement. It was pulling a pot and painting it and putting polka dots on it or making, I think my mom made a paper mache doll at one point, um, but using your hands and using your, your mind to create new things. Um, have you always been like that, first of all? Were you like that as a child? I was an only child. I mm -hmm. was always an only child. And, and so I probably had to come up with things on my own to entertain myself. Uh, I don't remember. I, I do remember I always wanted to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. And one year Santa Claus brought me a blackboard and I had that down in our basement and I would invite the neighborhood kids in and, you know, I was the teacher. Oh yeah. And so I, but I don't remember ever being creative. Did I, you like art? I did. Yeah. yeah. So what do you think inspired that? Cause you're still someone who loves to just pull things together and create just how your brain works. I, I think so. And, and again, I, I think that's one of the gifts God has mm -hmm. allowed me to have. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think, and I've heard you and my mom both talk about this, how you didn't have a lot of money to go out and buy a centerpiece. So you really had to pool what you had. And we played off of each other. Mm -hmm. You know, Barbie, do you have this? Oh, I have this. Well, let's make this work, mm -hmm. you know. And we always called your mom the fluff and tough yes. gal because Barbie could take a simple tablecloth and maneuver that in the middle of a table and it looked like a million bucks when she was finished. <laughs> it's true. Absolutely. She is. I, I do not have that fluff and tough gift. <laughs> So I might have other things of hers, but not the fluff and tough gift. She, and she loves fabric, you know, loves beautiful yes, fabrics yes. and doing things like that. I, another way is I think you were always trying new things. Like you helped start a preschool at our church, um, Rainbow Nursery School. And my mom was a teacher there. Um, what was important about that experience? That was something you helped create. Well, I had... Everywhere we lived before we moved to Fort Thomas, I had always taught, mm -hmm. usually kindergartners. Um, and um, at Highland Hills, our pastor, Dr. John Krushwitz, felt a need for us to have a, 
a weekday preschool program and he asked me to run with that and I did and golly it was it was wonderful and of course Barbie was one of our teachers we had a great staff we sent kids out ready for kindergarten in our public school system here it was just something in my heart that we needed to do to reach out to the community around us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that. And although I was one of your students at Wise Al, I think Mackenzie went to Rainbow. Is that correct? She is did. She, yeah. So I think uh, my mom. And, and your mom. Mackenzie actually went to the morning session, but so many times she had to stay with me in the afternoon. And so she would wind up in your mom's class actually trying to teach the class <laughs> because she had been there in the morning and thought she knew exactly what Miss Barbie was going to do in the afternoon. Well, it looks like that's paid off I, since she's I, now a, a teacher, teacher, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's for, you said 17 years, which is just amazing to me. Um, I also love that you guys are, we're always trying new things. So um, at one time, I know you sold jewelry. At one time, you and my mom did like a little catering business. What am I missing? I'm sure I'm missing other things that come to mind. Um, I, I have sold vitamins and minerals oh, okay. before, yes. And um, I did sell back. I even forget the dates, but when sterling silver came back on the market big time, you know, the monogram stuff and uh, a friend, Amy Hills and I did that together. We also sold a line of women's custom clothing. And so we had shows in our house, you know, we had shows at the country club. It was just a lot of fun. Right. Um, and your mom and I tried a little catering business. <laughs> um, Barbie and I were, all, we cooked at church. We were always willing to try new recipes. Um, just what can we do next? You right. know, what can we do next? I remember one time your mom and I were getting ready to do something. We had a very small Volkswagen and we went to what is now Dillard's. It was McAlpin's and they were having baskets on sale. And we bought so many baskets, we could hardly get them all in the car to come home, to bring home. Yes. I think we probably tried to hide them from Terry and Barry, our <laughs> husbands, because, you know, what are we going to do with those baskets? But yeah, we were always up to something. Right, right. Well, and speaking of shopping, you guys have loved shopping adventures together, just finding not necessarily to buy a bunch of stuff, but just to find new, new ideas. I feel like that's always been a way my mom's creativity has been sparked by seeing something and saying, well, I could do that. We can go home and we do that. We can go home and do that. And many times you guys have done that. I love the story. I think maybe Alice Lynn was in the mix too of you guys shopping maybe in Florida and trying to come home. You had so much in a little convertible that you had a lamp, I think even. And I had to wear it as a hat. You had to wear it as a hat just to get it, uh, yeah. everything in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was Barbie and Judy. Oh, Judy Flory. And Alice Lynn and I. And <laughs> and for those who like to sleep, go to bed pretty early, Barbie and I decided it was either 12 midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning to rearrange the furniture oh. in the condo that, you know, your mom and dad had. Mm -hmm. And Judy and Barbie, uh, Judy and Alice Lynn came out going, what are you all doing? And, and now people understand why I move furniture around <laughs> all the time yeah. and really i think every time i come to your home you've shifted something around just trying to get things and i do that a lot too i 
I think my, my mom does that too, although not as much maybe as she used to. Um, the other thing I, I've admired so much in you is your resilience to when adversities come. Um, you've had some health situations over the years. I remember as that little girl, um, I remember you having a few miscarriages and my mom, and you know, I'm not sure I even understood what that was. Um, but I remember my mom trying to talk to me about that and saying, well, Debbie and Terry are trying to have a baby and they've not been able to, but, and then I know you've had cancer. How have you maintained your hope um, through those challenges and just a positive spirit? Well, I fortunately grew up in a very strong Christian home. And so God has always been probably before I was born a part of a part of my life. And fortunately, um, Terry grew up the same way. Um, yeah, you know, you always think, oh, well, we'll have a baby. And, and Mackenzie came 10 years later. Mm. Um, and, and Terry always called her the million dollar baby. <laughs> um, yeah, those miscarriages were difficult. And, um, you know, living where we do, that was before 275, the big super highway was in. And so we had to go through Newport and Covington and some of the other towns to get out to my mom and dad's or other places. And I would see young girls walking down the street that I knew were very young that were pregnant. And, and you know, I, I would get angry with God, you mm -hmm. know, and why, why not us? Why mm -hmm. somebody that is young and probably not married, but you know, he was faithful and, um, I had a great pregnancy and, um, you know, Mackenzie came into this world and has been a blessing to so many people and proved once again that God is faithful. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, we also had a miscarriage, Bill and I, and struggled for many years trying to get pregnant. And finally, you know, when Drake came along and I had some trouble in that pregnancy, um, and, We've said so many times how worth the wait he was. Absolutely, you know, Absolutely. and of course Parker too. But um, in, in that, through the after going through that adversity and that trouble and that grief, it makes you just value the individual and the miracle of birth even Absolutely. more. Absolutely, and and you and I talked about this some last night. You know, you still reflect on that mm -hmm. and there is still my my miscarriages were all early in the pregnancy but you still reflect on that and you grieve mm -hmm. that loss mm -hmm. but again so thankful that that you have two healthy children and, sure. and we have the one that we have yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she's pretty special too we love her. We like her. We're going to keep her. And I got to just meet your grandkids too, uh, Barrett and Kennedy, who are also pretty, pretty fun. Yes. Um, they're pretty awesome. Um, the one, the other thing I wanted to just mention, and again, thank you for modeling, is um, the gift of presence. Um, I always felt like you're the first to show up when someone was going through something. 
and maybe it's because you've gone through adversity and you you want you know how to care for people but i've really um appreciated watching how you've cared for your parents your parents and terry's mom and dad even um when he was still living um and how you have just consistently showed up and i think um it's something that sometimes we it's hard to do caretaking is hard uh, but it's such a, a gift to the receiver and, and, and even to those who are watching around you. Um, I wanted to ask, like, how, how has that been? Has that, have there been hard days or why have you um, found that to be important? Well, I, I think it's, we are asked in the Bible to honor our parents. And I, I think that means when they're healthy, when they're not healthy, and it has been, it was, it, yes, there have been very hard days. And my, both of my parents struggled with some dementia and some memory loss. And it's hard when you become the parent. Um, but in the end, they um, left this earthly home in a very peaceful state. And I knew that their next hug would be in the arms of Jesus. Mm. Um, and, and my mother-in-law at 99 years old, some days are hard, but most days are just a treasure to mm -hmm. be with her as well. But I will say your mother has that gift as well. And the day that I did not know that I was going to find out that I had cancer, your mom, showed up at my door and came in and said, I just, I just knew I needed to be here today. Mm -hmm. And within 10 minutes, the doctor called and told me that I had cancer. Um, I think it's just something, it, you want to do that. You want to be there for people. It's, it's presence. It's exactly what you say. Sometimes you don't have to say anything. Sometimes you just have to be there. Mm -hmm. I've been really trying to, I, I do think the Holy Spirit prompts us Absolutely. Um, sometimes to, when people come to mind, um, sometimes I just push it in the back, but I've tried to pay attention to that. When people come to mind, either send a text or call. And um, I've been so gifted with people in my life who've done that for me. Um, and it, it makes me want to do that for others because those little touches, whether it's just showing up or even just sending a text or just saying a prayer. I mean, sometimes it's just stopping and praying for that person because they've come to mind. All of those things I think really matter. We talk about that a lot in our Bible study that, you know, sometimes during the day we don't, we don't have a long sit down conversation with God. But it's a day sometimes that we spend in just those little pop-up prayers. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness, I forgot. They're on the road today traveling somewhere, you know. Or, oh, her, her daughter's in the hospital getting ready to have a baby. So, you know, those pop-up prayers, I, I agree. I think that those are nudges from the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have to have a reminder on my phone yeah. <laughs> um, because I also think it's important when you tell somebody you're praying for them to actually do that it. That you do that. And um, so sometimes I do. I have a, a reminder on my phone to pray for somebody specifically. And when that little alarm <laughs> goes off, I'm able to say, oh, 
I, let me just take a minute to to pray for that person. So anyway, well, um, how has your faith, you've touched on this through our whole conversation, but your faith is so important to you and certainly um, something that has I've watched as a mentor, um, watched you and learned from you through Sunday school lessons and so many other teachings. But how has that really guided your life and how does it guide your your day to day? Because I, I don't know how people operate and live life without faith. In something I, I choose to have faith in God I choose to have faith in his son I choose to have faith in the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. that is here with us all the time because with that comes a peace that it's really hard to explain mm -hmm. but you know deep down in your soul that it's going to be okay no matter how the circumstance ends it's going to be okay yeah um did i like having cancer i did not did we watch our daughter grow in her faith during that time absolutely we watched her faith explode i would do that again if that if I could see that happen to her or, or my son-in-law or my grandkids mm -hmm. their faith explode um, <clears throat> I had a trainer after I had cancer just to try to get my body back in shape and and he said to me if you're not afraid of anything are you why is that mm -hmm. and I said all I can say is I know that God has complete control over who I am mm -hmm. And whatever happens, it really will be okay. Yeah. I I thank God every day for that, his promise of that eternal life with him forever. Right. Um, and again, it's something I grew up with. Um I I don't think we get it full blown ever, but the older I get, the more I go, wow. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for me. Right. And so that's that's the hope that I have. And that's, I, I hope that in my daily life, people can see some of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you've definitely been that to me. You have reflected the love of Jesus. You have. And um, I hope that I can now share that with other people as well and from our conversation this last day or so what you are doing i know they see jesus in you thank you well um to wrap up our time i think well we do spend a lot of time talking and talking and <laughs> talking do. anytime we're together we have a hard time actually going to bed because i just feel like we have so much all the time to talk about um but to end this conversation i like to end with kind of a rapid fire favorite game so i'm going to give you a topic you probably remember playing this with your students at some point i'll give you a topic and you tell me what your favorite thing of that is okay okay Favorite color? Pink. Favorite flower? Oh, sunflower. 
Oh, that's, yeah, no surprise there. Do you have a favorite song? I think my favorite song is Jesus Loves Me. I love it. Um, do you have a favorite book that you, you've enjoyed over the years, other than the Bible? Or maybe a favorite you're reading even now? Well, we talked about this last night. I just finished a book called Ministry in the Ordinary Places. And it was an eye-opener for me. And it's many of the things that we've talked about even right now. Just ministry right where you are and being present in the presence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I really enjoyed that. That's been my most recent one. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite thing you like to cook? You are a fabulous cook. Uh, but is there a favorite recipe that you have? Um, I think my mom's apple cake mm. with caramel icing. We may have to share that one. Okay. <laughs> um, and maybe um, the favorite thing you like to do with your grandkids? Well, living 500 miles away, I, I love to be in their presence. And both of the kids enjoy some sort of artwork. You know, they're very creative in what they do. So we always, whether it's cards or anything like that, they enjoy doing and I enjoy seeing their end, end product. End product. I love it. Know that we love Grader's ice cream. And in fact, oh, we, favorite we, flavor. We, favorite. We, we had to sample that last night. Yes, yes. Favorite flavor of Grader's ice cream. Raspberry chocolate chip. I mean... For the win, for Absolutely. sure. That seems like the perfect way to end our conversation Absolutely. with graders. I love you, Kelly. I love you too. Thank you so much Thank for you. this conversation. Thank you so much for listening today. I have to say that it was really hard to capture all that Debbie means to me in a 30-minute podcast, but I hope you caught a glimpse of why she has been so important to my story. I hope that our conversation encouraged you to think about creativity hope, presence, and faith. If you enjoyed today's episode, I hope you'll follow one of my favorites podcast on Instagram, where you can see pictures, read recipes, and learn about more of my favorites. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And if you've missed previous episodes, I hope you'll go back and listen in and meet some more amazing people. As always, if my conversation with Debbie reminded you of someone in your life, pay attention. Reach out and let them know. And just like we talked about, those little touches mean so much. Join me next time as I begin a series leading up to the Chicago Marathon. I'll introduce you to some of my favorites who helped me start running about 12 years ago and other favorites I've made along the way and over the miles. Until then, take care.